Sandra, do you think there are any similarities between a gavel and a hammer? Some, yes. Why? Well, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy joked at an event that it will be hard not to hit House Speaker Nancy Pelosi with the Speaker's gavel if Republicans take control of the chamber in the 2022 midterms and he becomes Speaker. Wow, how is that a joke, especially in this political climate? You can't get the Republican sense of humor unless you're in the Q cult. You know, there's a reason why QAnon is not called IQAnon. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Sandra. Hello to all of our listeners. Hi, Neil, and hello, Doobie friends. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of things, but mainly this episode is about the home invasion and vicious hammer attack against Paul Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi's 82-year-old husband. And we're going to tell you all you need to know, all the details about the nudist activist slash hemp artist slash QAnon conspiracy theorist who perpetrated this attack, David DePop. Well, I mean, it was kind of like a kidnapping, torture, assassination attempt. We'll get into that. So let's call it what it is. And we've managed to pinpoint exactly the moment in time when this guy's views turned completely batshit crazy, mirroring the GOP's dangerous rhetoric. Also, we're going to discuss the disturbing response of the right-wingers who already regurgitated new conspiracy theories about the hammer attack, suggesting that Paul Pelosi and the assailant were having an affair. And some of these people are elected officials. Also, we're going to discuss the Elon Musk tweet reply to Hillary Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Elon... Our boy Elon is off the rails entirely. Yes, and now he owns Twitter too. I mean, thank the universe, Jack Dorsey is making a new platform. It's called Blue Sky Social, and we already joined the waitlist to try the beta before it's publicly available. We'll drop the link in the notes for anyone who's interested. So by now we know most of you have heard about what happened to Paul Pelosi, but there's lots of details that are not as much publicized and they're worth discussing, we think. And we'll also talk about similar violent attacks and threats uh, fueled by these uh, conspiracy theories, too. Because really, never in our history, because of social media, have we been at such a sort of dangerous point as far as individual politically incited violence goes. Agreed. And look, I mean, social media, I think, does play uh, like a 10% into it, but the instigation is made by actual people in the Republican Party. Well, yes, it wouldn't work without their complicity. (laughs) So let's get into it. In the early hours of Friday, the 28th of October, sometime between 1.30 and 2 a.m., an intruder entered through the back of the Pelosi's home in San Francisco's Pacific Heights neighborhood after breaking the glass door, yelling, where is Nancy? Where are you, Nancy? I mean, that's kind of reminiscent of the uh, January 6th insurrection. You know, the people who were ransacking the Capitol screaming, Nancy, Nancy, where are you, Nancy? Oh, exactly, exactly. Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, was in Washington, D.C., but her husband, Paul, he was home. And we know that he managed to call 911 hidden in the bathroom. According to The Guardian, Paul Pelosi's mobile phone was charging in the bathroom at the time. So Paul made a surreptitious call to 911 and remained connected. The emergency services dispatcher, Heather Grimes, heard an exchange between Paul Pelosi and his attacker as he spoke in code to alert authorities there was a problem. This is part of what Paul Pelosi said on that call. 
what's going on? Why are you here? What are you going to do to me? Heather Grimes, the dispatcher, then notified police for a wellness check and the patrol were there within minutes, which is good. I think otherwise Paul Pelosi would probably be dead by now or kidnapped. We wouldn't know where he is. Yeah, probably. So Heather Grimes is credited with basically saving Paul Pelosi's life. Brooke Jenkins, San Francisco's district attorney, alluded that Paul Pelosi might not be with us now if not for the attention and the instincts of that dispatcher to realize that something was wrong in that situation and to make the police call a priority. So when the police arrived after being dispatched at 2.27 a.m., they found the assailant and Paul Pelosi wrestling for control of a hammer near the front door. So the attacker was, as far as we could tell, trying to get Paul Pelosi out of the house. According to William Scott, San Francisco's chief of police, the intruder then pulled the hammer away and, quote, violently attacked Mr. Pelosi with it in front of the police. The police tackled the suspect, disarmed him, and took him into custody on several charges, including attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, and burglary. He was booked at the San Francisco County Jail, and he had a hit list of names in his pocket and zip ties with him, by the way. Also, another popular item to bring to the January 6th break-in at the Capitol, <laughs> zip ties. Also, the attacker had a case of tools in which there are things like pliers, two hammers, and he wanted to kidnap Nancy specifically. He said she was, quote, the leader of the pack of lies Democrats are spreading, among other things. He said he wanted to break her knees. And this has not been confirmed, but what I think we're dealing with here is a kidnapping or hostage situation and torture scenario. From what I gathered from the latest press conference, we're recording this on Halloween Day, by the way. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Belated. Ooh. Ooh, yes. Um, the investigators seem to think the assailant wanted to extract more information about other Democrats, like maybe where they live or something. The ones on the hit list the assailant had with him. And that's why I think he brought those tools with him to torture. Them? I don't know. But to clarify, the San Francisco DA said clearly that this was, quote, a politically motivated attack. Anyway, Paul Pelosi got seriously hurt, and when he realized there's no way out of this and the police are there, the pap tried to kill Paul Pelosi, who was severely injured in the attack and was immediately transported to the San Francisco General Hospital. He had a skull fracture and there was a small window of time when it was unclear if he was going to make it. Yeah, it was a bad skull fracture. Plus, he had serious injuries to his right arm and hands probably defensive as he tried to fend off this guy. Thankfully, he's expected to make a full recovery, but that's not to minimize what such injuries can do to an 82-year-old man. I mean, a young person would have a hard time recovering from all this, but at 82, it's going to take a lot longer. He's going to be uh, probably laid up for a while. Yes, good point. And the police chief said this was not a random act. This was intentional. So, you know, this wasn't a... a your everyday, I don't know, random burglary gone wrong. No, this guy went there looking for Nancy Pelosi to potentially kidnap her and torture her and probably eventually kill her. I mean, with a hammer. This was basically, I think, an assassination attempt and it's just insane. I mean, in a way, I suppose it might have been better off if Nancy had actually been home because she does have a security detail 
they would have probably been uh, outside the house and they would have stopped this guy before he ever got in. I was thinking the same thing, yes, but, you know, I think because Nancy Pelosi, obviously, she's the Speaker of the House, third in line to the presidency after the vice president. And she was, you know, she was in Washington where her job is. And I think it never crossed her mind that something this crazy would happen, especially because she knew she's the target of such people. So she probably thought, well, if I'm not there, they'll know I'm not there. Why would anyone, you know, attack my husband? Well, uh, the QAnon crowd are not very good at minding their P's and Q's, so to speak. <laughs> so uh, logic does not work uh, with the Q crowd. That ship sailed a long time ago. So I don't know. When you're dealing with people who think Democrats are run by a cabal of baby-eating, baby-trafficking <laughs> deep state figures, and uh, Nancy manages to orchestrate all of this, then uh, I guess, well... They're not going to figure these simple things out. Yeah, I mean, they're too far gone. And honestly, up to this point, family members of congressional leaders do not receive protective details uh, of their own. But going forward, I think they should, or if not, they should just hire private security details. They're probably going to have to, yeah, after this. So the neighborhood the Pelosi's live in is an affluent area of San Francisco. There are a lot of Silicon Valley executives living there and other such people. And uh, many of the residents pay a private security service, Pacific Heights Security is the name of the company, to protect their homes at night, supplementing the local police. But obviously, that wasn't enough. No, but are we surprised? Does this attack really caught anybody by complete surprise? This was incited by the GOP, plain and simple. Besides the hit her with the gavel thing we mentioned in the intro, you know, we have Lauren Burbert who released a video ad attacking Speaker Pelosi, and it featured gunshot sounds. We're such a low-class declining uh, empire, aren't we? Yes. For our international audience, Lauren Boebert is a Republican member of Congress who is, well, about the same speed as Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes, I think I would use the word radicalized. That would be the correct term. And it's a mix of Christian fascism and QAnon theories all wrapped up in the veil of quote-unquote freedom and patriotism. Yeah, so Lauren Boebert actually published a video which showed her walking along a row of razor wire fencing, which has been installed around the Capitol since the riot on uh, January 6th. And she says in the video, Madam Speaker, tear down this wall. As her signature appears on the screen, the sound of two gunshots can be heard. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, but one thing that stands out is the reversal of concepts, like turning things upside down and perverting truth until it is unrecognizable. I mean, the tear down this wall famous phrase said in relation to the Berlin Wall and the fall of communism is used here in reverse, but giving the impression that it's done in a rightful fight for freedom. It's really scary how well it works on the less knowledgeable, though. And look, because of politicians like Boebert and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, there are unbalanced people out there who follow through on this stuff. We know the FBI arrested a man in Washington for threatening to assassinate Nancy by putting a bullet in her head. Yes, and I think there were also two women who wanted to put a bullet in her freaking head. That's a quote. It's just insane. So, no, nobody is really surprised that in the end someone actually tried to kill her with a hammer or kidnap her or torture her and her husband. I mean, it's a crazy situation. So what do we know about David DePop, the intruder who attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer? What's his life story? 
Well, we know David the Pup is 42 years old and he was born and raised in Powell River, British Columbia, so he's Canadian. But about 20 years ago, he moved to Hawaii and then to California to pursue a romantic relationship. His family is apparently horrified by the hammer attack, and it seems they don't have a close relationship with David. His stepfather, Ron, said in recent interviews he just kind of disappeared. Right. Um, David the Pop's twin sister, Joanne Robinson, who lives in New Zealand, said her brother faded from her life about 20 years ago. And she described him in a Facebook message as, quote, sweet, shy boy who got involved with a crazy person. I think she's referring to the nudist lady, Gypsy Taub. Uh, we'll get to that part in a minute. Now, his father's wife also described him as a good kid who grew wary of small town life and took off after graduating from high school, first to Hawaii and then to the Bay Area. And about a decade ago, once he was in California, David joined a group of nudist activists who swarmed San Francisco streets in 2012, protesting restrictions on public nudity that the Board of Supervisors approved that year. Scott Weiner, unfortunate name in this context, <laughs> <laughs> who sponsored the ordinance... I on the keyboard, Neil! <laughs> ...who sponsored the ordinance and who's now a state senator, remembers many other participants as non-dangerous and benign, except for a small group of more aggressive protesters, and David was one of them. Yes, and obviously the Q people and the GOP, pretty much one and the same thing at this point, I think, already tried to paint David the Pup as a crazed left-winger, just based on the fact that he lives in California and is connected to these nudists. But as we'll see in a second, his views are 100% QAnon. I mean, textbook QAnon. He might have been a leftist at one point, but the nudist train has long left the station. <laughs> so about the nudist connection. A decade ago, when he was in his 30s, David became very close with uh, this gypsy Tao woman. Yes, I love that the media calls her a, quote, high-profile nudist. But I mean, <laughs> it fits. It fits. Well, it does. I mean, none of these people have actual professions. Gypsy is a 9-11 denier who got naked during a hearing inside City Hall. David lived with Gypsy and her three children and her fiancé, James Smith, in a three-bedroom Victorian flat in Berkeley, where he made hemp jewelry and was considered by some to be a father figure. Yes, and I mean, he described himself as a hemp artist, which I mean, not to take away from <laughs> from hemp artists. I, I, you know, that's just it's very uh, Berkeley. I it's very Berkeley, him, yes. yes. And so, by this point, these people strike me as like very hippie, not dangerous people. But this doesn't look to me as a fulfilling arrangement. Like nobody knows what their relationship was in this triangle. But it does seem like David the Pop was maybe in love with Gypsy, so he hanged around like a third wheel, taking care of her kids just to be around her, despite her being with James, which, by the way, is spelled J-A-Y-M-Z. <laughs> of course it is. But, you know, to each their own. I have no problem with throuples, by the way. I just think this wasn't the case here, and because of that, there was a lot of frustration on David's part. Anyway, Gypsy Taub and James planned a wedding that would also serve as a pro-public nudity protest on the steps of City Hall in 2013, 
And for this wedding, David the Pop was designated to be their best man. The San Francisco Chronicle posted photos from the event at the time, and the Pop was wearing like a navy blue fleece jacket, and he was holding hands with the nude newlyweds. And Gypsy was wearing only a bridal veil. At the time, David listed himself in San Francisco voting records as a member of the Green Party. Ah, this is where my dubimeter alarms go off, because even though officially the Green Party was supposed to be left-leaning, let me remind everyone that in fact it was yet another Moscow tool which helped split the Democratic vote and help Trump win. I mean, we all remember the Jill Stein and Michael Flynn dinner photos with Putin. Jill Stein was the Green Party's presidential candidate at the time, and look, Dmitry Peskov and Alexei Gromov were there too at that dinner at the same table, and these are two people who mastermind Kremlin propaganda and help disseminate it on Putin's orders. And it's more than that. Like, I remember Jill Stein in the debates and like, it was really, really, she gave some shady pro-Russian leaning answers. Well, Russia or not, it is a very profitable enterprise to be the spoiler in American elections. So there are lots of examples of uh, the third party candidate getting paid to uh, spoil it for one of the main party mm -hmm. candidates. So we could do a whole episode about our boy Edwin Edwards from Louisiana. He is a, a very funny character. He did that in Louisiana when I lived there. So I think this is where on the background of his unfulfilling personal and professional life you know, with the Green Party crowd. David's trajectory started to take a dark turn towards the full-blown QAnon because immediately afterwards, David went through a political metamorphosis of sorts, recasting himself as an evangelist for the far right and their conspiracy theories. Here we go. We're flying over the QQ's nest. Okay, so QQ spelled like you. <laughs> anyway, and this episode is only going to get crazier. Since you mentioned flying, before we get into the crazier... We have a collection of premium episodes exclusively available to our patrons. One of them is entitled Modern Slavery and a Texas Flight School. But we talk about a variety of subjects, from fake Arab princes and Botox-injected camels to the murder of Masa Amini in Iran and Putin's rise to power. Yes, and guys, we do two premium episodes a month, exclusively available to our patrons. So if you like our content for less than the price of a fancy coffee, you can become a patron on dubiouspot.com. Or by clicking the Become a Patron link right here in the episode notes. You'll get all our episodes, the free and premium ones, ad-free. So our hammer guy, David DePop, who the GOP is now trying to portray as a leftist, he published multiple blogs filled with QAnon stuff like Donald Trump stands against an alliance of Satan-worshipping Democratic pedophiles and COVID is a hoax, of course. <laughs> and DePop's blog also included a bigoted commentary directed at people of color, generally women, Jewish people, Muslims, members of the LGBTQ community, and immigrants, of course. Yeah, textbook QAnon, 100%, like Holocaust denial, transphobia, voter fraud conspiracy theories, you know, the big lie that the 2020 election was stolen, Second Amendment absolutism, climate change denial, racist misogyny, you name it, David the Pop was into it. I especially like the part where he's anti-immigrant and he is an immigrant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so David also had another blog titled God is Loving where he ran it against censorship by an elite cabal of tech companies, government officials, and media outlets. As recently as August the 25th, 
David posted entries with such headlines as, quote, communist voodoo science and the woke are racists with a guilty conscience. And yet on another website, the pub spewed lies about election fraud, like we said, the whole idea that Trump actually won the 2020 election. And he wrote that any journalist who disputed such claims, quote, should be dragged out into the street and shot, end quote. That's very in line with the blog titled God is Loving, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that was the title of his blog. Yeah. <laughs> and just days before the hammer attack on Paul Pelosi, the pub published a post saying the war in Ukraine was a ploy to benefit Jewish people. Of I mean... course. Uh, and this is the catch. These people don't necessarily stand out as dangerous in their communities. The San Francisco Chronicle reported that before his arrest on Friday, David lived in a stucco house with an overgrown garden in Richmond. A neighbor who lived across the street expressed shock over the arrest Friday, saying he had, quote, nothing but good things to say about David, who he occasionally hired as a carpenter. Yes, I told you I was talking to a guy at the dog park a while ago before Odie got attacked by those three dogs. And now we're never going to any dog park ever again because it's too much of a risk, not worth the scare and the fear I saw in his eyes that day. By the way, Odie is okay. But anyway, I was talking to this guy a while ago and he, I think, was like maybe 25, I don't know, 28 at the most. Well-dressed, well-spoken, a normal person, right? And somehow I mentioned conspiracy theories and he goes, well... There were Hillary's emails and there was a section there where she was writing to someone about an event and catering and she mentioned 150 hamburgers and 200 hot dogs and I think that was code for children, like 150 young boys and 200 young girls. And the kids were supposed to be brought to the White House to be trafficked. What? <laughs> where do these people find this stuff? I don't know, right? It's insane, but these people, see, that's the thing. They do not always seem, you know, unbalanced, to quote Biden, until you talk to them for a while. And some hide it really well. But think about it. That's just the most insane thing I've ever heard, I think, from an actual person that I talked to. Yeah, I think they just sort of matter-of-factly drop this stuff in because they think everybody agrees with them. Uh, these are the kind of you know, fake facts that go hand-in-hand -hand with Trump's Q people. And the idea that Trump is at war with the cabal of Satan-worshipping elites who run the child sex rings and control the world. I mean, DePape wrote on his blog, quote, either Q is Trump himself or Q is the deep state moles within Trump's inner circle. Does anybody know how loud five kids are? I mean, imagine 350 kids. I mean, even if you entertain that insane scenario, like what the are you going to do with 350 kids <laughs> in the white house i mean in also, the white house like there's it's they would the have most... to demolish it yes it's everything and it would be broken i mean not to mention <laughs> the amount of journalists that hang around for one i don't know like this is the thing logic has departed the ship for these people that's the end line but hey these people, you know, they do live in an alternate reality where facts and critical thinking are completely out the window. And then you have the religious element mixed in it. I mean, this guy's blog was called God is Loving or whatever, right? And this is the thing Voltaire said regarding this religious indoctrination. People who believe absurdities commit atrocities. And then George Carlin, one of my favorite comedians ever, rest in peace, he said, 
don't underestimate stupid people in large groups. And I mean, here we are talking about uh, David the Pup and his hammer and Pelosi's 82-year-old husband who almost died. And he didn't even get to the pliers. I wonder what he's going to do with those. But yeah. anyways, the U.S. has had political violence in its past. You know, we've had our share of presidential assassinations and we've had that Democrat who shot five Republicans who were playing baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody was killed in that. But the difference between the two political parties is that only one of the two is openly and unapologetically pushing the rhetoric. It's part of their brand. Exactly. And statistically speaking, most of these violent attacks are done by right-wingers is just a fact. I mean, the GOP's de facto leader, Trump, just recently posted on Truth Social, I think we mentioned this in another episode anyway, um, an attack towards his own party guy, Mitch McConnell. He said McConnell has, quote, a death wish. And death wish was in caps lock. I mean... Come on, I think it's clear which party here condones and promotes violence, like, officially. I mean, if January 6th wasn't proof enough, you know? So, yeah, the U.S. has had our politically motivated violence over its history. But this is different. In the five or six years since Trump was elected, the number of recorded threats against members of Congress increased more than tenfold, from 902 in 2016 to 9,625 in 2021, according to the Capitol Police. And it's really upsetting. I mean, GOP leaders condemned the hammer attack against Pelosi's husband, but these are the same people who support and push the lies and the disinformation and who stand by and embrace Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Trump. They cause all this, all of them. The responsibility lies with them. And then there are all these Republican pundits or... I don't know. What do you want to call them? People who are verified on Twitter, like Chadwick Moore, who prides himself on being a regular on Tucker Carlson's show, by the way. Of course, he's a regular on Tucker Carlson's show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these kind of people have the nerve to suggest that actually David was Paul Pelosi's lover and he was there at Paul Pelosi's invitation. Like they had a date and they're gay and this was a domestic dispute. Yeah. Honestly... It's disturbing. People you have a date with don't break in through the glass door in the backyard with a hammer in hand and like a boxes of tools to potentially torture you and zip ties. I mean, I don't even want to comment. It's all absurd. But this is now a new conspiracy theory, you know, rotting whatever is left of the brains of the GOP crowd. I have been invited to a girl's house, even me, more than once at two or three in the morning. Never did I get told to bring my pliers and hammers. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things too far. And zip ties. I mean, look, look, zip ties. Uh, yes. I, mean, I, I could see, but... I don't know. I could see the zip ties. I could ties, see, yeah, but... I could see, you know, but I feel it's, you know, when somebody ends up in hospital with a skull fracture and like makes calls to 911 from the bathroom and the guy who shows up has a list of Democrats' names on it and like, I mean, come on. This is the thing. It just got a life on its own online, and it's so dangerous. You know, that's the thing. And about this guy, David's blog posts. I mean, it goes without saying, the, he had the uh, obligatory Hitler did nothing wrong post. Uh, He's not a leftist. Uh, he wasn't there because he had a date with Paul Pelosi. He was there to murder Nancy. That was the goal. 
A hundred percent. And just to make a point, Democrats, I mean Democratic politicians, are getting an alarming number of threats. For example, Eric Swalwell. He's one of my favorite politicians who also happens to really love pets and he has an impeccable character. I can't get into details. He anonymously did his best to help save some animals in a very dangerous situation abroad. So not for PR or publicity. And that's how I know he's genuinely a decent guy besides, you know, his policies and what he stands for. And even he got death threats, too, from a MAGA person. Let's hear that call. You people are a disgrace to God, our country, and our people. You're the enemies of the United States people. You atheist communist are the threat to our democracy, our constitution, and our way of life. And I hope these foreign invaders are your, your in this country. I hope they chop you and your family up and feed them to their dogs, you pig. I mean, this you, stuff is on a whole other level. And, and again, you have the religious element. Uh, and the hate-mongering against anyone who is not religious. The crowd that keeps society moving forward, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> then you have the actual death, death threat part. Chop you and your family up and feed you to your dogs. You know, the uh, the insults and the Trump nation uh, as the signature. That's crazy stuff. Yes, it is. And what's weird is that I can hear a bark there. So the guy who recorded this threat, who made this threat, he has a puppy, a dog. And you'd think making such threats to another dog parrot would not happen. But yet here we are. And the thing is... We are right before the midterms, and it's scary. Between now and the presidential election, it is highly probable that really bad things will happen. We are at the crossroads. Hey, maybe it's the same guy that goes to the dog park with those two big dogs and attacks your bull. Yeah, not fixed either of them and quite aggressive. Yeah, I don't know. The point is, it's really shocking. I heard that threat call like two times. I listened to it and... I don't know. I'm sure that person, given the chance, would probably do something. He sounds like he would follow through. And it's not only the Democrats who are under attack. No, but the distinction must be made here that a lot of the threats directed towards Republicans are made to certain Republicans who disavowed Trump, right? So the same QAnon right-wing domestic terrorist types are the people behind the threats made against some Republicans. It's scary. And we didn't even get to the Elon Musk and Hillary being a clone part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they wanted to hang Mike Pence, and Trump instigated that in his speech on January 6th. We all heard him kind of egging them on and putting his own VP down right there on the spot. Right, and the Hammer guy, MCQ Hammer, QAnon Hammer, David DePop, is one of the many who got sucked down this rabbit hole of conspiracies, white supremacy, and extremist views, and he was radicalized. To me, that's the word here, radicalization. And it seems that WordPress, where he hosted his blogs, only banned the God is Loving account on Friday after the attack against Paul Pelosi. I mean, how is that possible? You'd think they'd ban such content immediately after it's published, right? I mean, there are algorithms for that, no? WordPress, I'm guessing probably not, just because of how old they are. They've been around forever, and they kind of started out as a free software. They still are, but they have a hosting service. So I'm guessing they just never got affected by all this stuff as much because nobody's it's using mostly it anymore. on social media. Yeah. And you can bypass the filters. I mean, in his Hitler did nothing wrong post, he added a Y so that it was Hitlery. So there you go. I mean, that's how the Q people refer to Hillary, it seems. 
So it's a crazy mix of fascism and misogyny all rolled into one because they hate nobody more than they hate Nancy and Hillary. Um, two women who have never been president. So, I mean, I don't get it. I guess just because they're women. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point that you made there, honestly. And I think these platforms need to do a better job spotting hate speech and stuff like that. But I don't think that will happen, uh, especially not on Twitter. So if you haven't heard about this by now, um, here's the Elon Musk situation we mentioned in the beginning. So a day after the hammer attack, Hillary tweeted this. Quote, the Republican Party and its mouthpieces now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. It is shocking, but not surprising that violence is the result. As citizens, we must hold them accountable for their words and the actions that follow. And Elon Musk replied, quote, there is a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. And his tweet was accompanied by an article from a website known to publish false news. And this article Elon Musk linked in his reply was titled The Awful Truth. Paul Pelosi was drunk again and in a dispute with a male prostitute early Friday morning. This happened just three days after he took control of Twitter. So if you had any hopes that Elon Musk would combat misinformation and hate speech on Twitter, well, that's not going to happen. So anyway, he later deleted that tweet. But by then, you know, everybody's already seen it. So the damage is done. It doesn't really matter. Yes, this new anti-LGBTQ smearing BS has caught like fire based on zero facts and Elon Musk poured gasoline on that fire. It's now everywhere online. It is irresponsible. It's simply criminal in my view. And the police department chief there in San Francisco had to come out and confirm that the QAnon hammer guy and Paul Pelosi didn't know each other previously. Well, projection is what Republicans do. Just last week, we were talking about a GOP representative caught masturbating across the street from a preschool. Yes. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to say something. The website who wrote that garbage, the one Musk tweeted, brace yourself, that website also wrote that Hillary Clinton died a long time ago and the Hillary we've been seeing is a clone. <laughs> like about... <laughs> like... <laughs> well, I mean, wait till I tell you about the guy who says he's JFK Jr.'s spirit reincarnated. <laughs> Anyways, what's Sweden's immigration policy? Can we apply for political asylum there or something? <laughs> I don't know, but maybe we should start looking at options, really. Yeah, I mean, remember that Republican candidate who physically attacked a journalist for asking a question he didn't like? And then he won his race, and Trump had his base cheer for him at a rally, praising him for beating up the reporter. Of course I remember him. He's now the governor of Montana. <laughs> of course he is. Anyways, since we talked about Hillary earlier, the MCQ hammer guy, David, believed in Pizzagate, obviously. Another post he wrote referenced the Pizzagate bogus conspiracy theory that uh, claimed children were being trapped in a sex abuse ring in a Washington, D.C. pizza parlor run by Hillary and uh, one of her chief aides, of course. Pizzagate is connected to Epstein. Ha ha ha. A post from August 23rd read. Pizzagate was debunked. There's no such thing as an elite pedophile sex ring. And I'm like, hello, Epstein, what planet are you on? If I may interrupt, because our listeners can't see what uh, David DePop actually wrote, uh, they can only hear us. So DePop, like any respectable QAnon zombie slash GOP supporter, spelled there in there is no such thing as theirs, the possessive pronoun. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe we should give them uh, like dictionaries with they, there, and they are all like reversed, so they get them right accidentally. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would work. I don't think dictionaries and you know books. Probably not. Uh, yeah, it's not there. Uh, it's not something that's up their alley. You know what I mean? Like the, if these people not big readers anyway. Yeah, not big readers. <laughs> Their versus there is the easiest way to spot these people online. Anyway, because of the Pizzagate conspiracy, a guy with a machine gun went to that pizza parlor and started shooting in the middle of the day. He thought he was like real life Rambo saving the poor traffic kids in the pizza parlor in D.C. By pure luck, nobody died. Yeah, and needless to say, there were no kids there. But do you think this stopped the conspiracy theories about the kids? No, it, it no, didn't. Of no, of course not. Anyway, David thought Equity is a leftist dog whistle, quote, for the systematic oppression of white people. And diversity is a dog whistle for the genocide of the white race. He even posted videos questioning the Holocaust and alleging Jewish bankers were responsible for Hitler's rise to power. I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, look, one thing is clear. The GOP is celebrating political violence. That's it. I mean, look, Anthony Sabatini who's a Florida state representative, so an elected official, right, tweeted this hours after Paul Pelosi was attacked. Paul and Nancy Pelosi are scumbags. And then he followed up with, this Paul Pelosi situation is turning out to be very creepy. What are they hiding? <clears throat> I, <laughs> I mean, this guy's an elected official, and it's just one of many. You know, we have endless examples of such people tweeting or posting insane stuff on their official, you know, political accounts. They are endorsing these violent attacks against Democrats. Pretty much they're causing this. Yes, 100 percent. And for the conspiracy creators, this is how these right wing crazies start these insane stories like Paul Pelosi knew the attacker. You know, they had a relationship. So they use like small existing details from very early on when a story breaks, when initial reports are incomplete or plain wrong. And then they make like wild logical leaps. One of the recurring details online is the hammer. Yeah. And as we said, there was one hammer used in the attack. Nancy's husband and the attacker were fighting over it when the police arrived. The conspiracy theorists took this true detail and made it into two hammers used in the attack. Now, it's true there were two hammers in the toolbox that David brought with him, but only one was used in the actual attack against Paul Pelosi. And now the conspiracy theorists are saying that each of them had a hammer and they were hitting each other. <laughs> This is like uh, Looney Tunes now. This yeah, is like yeah. <laughs> how the Coyote and the Roadrunner do this yeah. once. And somehow, here comes the wild logical leap. That is something that proves they're gay and had a domestic fight, the two hammers. And then there's the underwear craziness, which is started by a Fox News affiliate station. A reporter called Evan Cernofsky mistakenly said that the attacker was in his underwear. And then he later retracted that and apologized. You know, he misunderstood a statement. What really happened was Paul Pelosi was in his boxer shorts and kind of a loose, you know, pajama top because it's 2 a.m. The man's asleep. Anyway, this is insanity. It's not just the assassination, you know, slash hostage situation attempts that slash potential torture uh, against, you know, Nancy Pelosi and her husband. 
this is an attack on democracy and so are all these emerging conspiracy theories that mock Pelosi and minimize the whole situation and make it like they had a date and they were hitting each other with hammers. It's insane. And all of this is done with GOP support. I mean, all the right-wing media paints this as like, oh, this happens all the time. You know, there is crime in the world. There is crime in the country. What are you going to do? Like, this was a random burglary, you know? Are you really surprised, though? No, not really. Anyway, Brian Klass, associate professor in global politics at University College London, made some really good points and summed up the situation perfectly. This is what he said on Twitter. <clears throat> this week, three men were convicted of trying to kidnap Governor Whitmer. A man pleaded guilty to threatening Representative Eric Swalwell, a right-wing conspiracy theorist, tried to murder Speaker Pelosi shortly after Bannon, who called to behead Fauci, was sentenced to prison. This isn't random. There are dangerous people of all stripes, but Republicans, unlike Democrats, are actively encouraging violence, posing with guns in incendiary ads that speak of hunting opponents, or depict shooting actors who play Biden and Pelosi. Plus, there's QAnon and the election lies. When a Supreme Court justice was threatened, Democrats didn't just condemn it. They passed a law, which Biden signed, to give them more protection and security. This isn't remotely a both sides thing. Which Biden advisor called to behead a public health official? Get real. Regardless, I fear that A, there will be assassinations, and B, political violence will be a routine feature of US political life, particularly around elections, for the foreseeable future. It's a really dark place for our politics, and it's being caused mostly by Republicans. That's pretty much it. This is where we are, and it's not a good place. And it can't become a better place as long as people like Lauren Boebert are free to say whatever they want, to spew whatever hate and violence they choose. I mean, less than 48 hours after the hammer attack on Paul Pelosi, she posted an image of a wave of blood coming for Joe Biden. So what's your dubimeter for this episode? Scale of one to 10. The dubimeter skyrockets to 25 for this episode because we have an assassination slash hostage situation slash, I don't know, torture attempt against the Speaker of the House, a severely injured victim, her husband, politically incited violence, a nudist QAnon guy with a hammer, and one of the two main parties in the United States, plus public persons like Elon Musk, pushing conspiracy theories and inciting more attacks days before the midterm election. So it's complete insanity and we live in it. So the dubimeter is 25. Do you agree? 25 seems about right. Yes. So that's it. We are at Dubious Pod on social media, everybody. That's all we've got for you this week. Yes, Dubious friends. Please vote, vote, vote and stay safe. We love you all. Thank you for listening. See you guys next time.